Hey, y'all. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Worlds of Country podcast. I'm your host, Andrew. On today's episode, we have an interview with the incredible Lauren Weintraub about her debut single, She's Mine, which has now amassed over 750,000 streams on Spotify in just over two weeks. And I hope you guys enjoy that. Thank you guys so, so much for listening. I'm so good. How are you? I'm good. Are you in Nashville? I am. It's a rainy day. <laughs> okay, always fun. Um, so she's mine. Just went over seventy-five, uh, seven hundred fifty thousand streams on Spotify. Are you blown away by that? I'm just blown away. I mean, it's been a little over two weeks, and at the rate it's going, it'll hit a million by next week. So I, I've just never seen this type of speed. I mean, I, I wasn't even gonna release a song three weeks ago, so I'm just like blown away by all of this. What when you released it? What were your your expectations for it? I mean, I knew that I had the TikTok people who wanted this song so bad. They literally were like, please release this or I'll come for you like in your sleep and like whatever. Like people were so just like the song made them feel something and they really wanted it. So I just wanted to put it out as fast as I could. So I knew that there was this chunk of people that would come back to it. But it feels like there's even more people finding it now. Um, Just new listeners every day. So I didn't expect this kind of craziness, no. So, like, every day I just wake up and I feel like it's Christmas. <laughs> so, when you put it on TikTok initially, did you were you expecting to release it or were you just expecting to throw it out there and see what happened? No, I was I was telling my, um, my mom, like, I, 24 hours before I made that TikTok, I was in, I was, like, having a little bit of a mental breakdown. Like, I was like, I'm misperforming. I can't connect with people anymore. Like, it's been almost a year of COVID. Like, I was just so upset because performing is my big love. And so I was just kind of thinking, like, how can I make noise without being with people? How can I connect with people without connecting with people? And literally 24 hours later i was like you know what i've been driving around listening to this demo in my car like exactly like this for a year anyways like might as well just get it on film and see what happens so no like my the, the most view that tiktok had had before then was three thousand. like i did not expect it to do anything i was just like this will just i'll just see and it went crazy so what's going through your mind as you see it kind of getting up there yeah, I remember it was like a Wednesday night. I put it up at like 5 p.m. and I put my phone down. And then two hours later, I picked it back up and it was already at like 200,000 views or something crazy. And I just remember being in a house with a bunch of my friends and they're kind of my bubble right now. There's like four of us and they were like, do you think, like, do you think it'll like, it'll keep going? And like, sure enough, we were reloading it and it was just, it was like a thousand views every 10 seconds and i was like okay i think something's happening here <laughs> crazy so um how quickly after that did you make the decision that this song's got to come out i think it was like i want to say like 48 hours later i was like okay i think i need to put this song out because now there's a million views and all these people just begging me so like why not you know life is so short these people want to hear the song so much i might as well just put it out did you have the song done at that point or you had to go in and do anything to it? We went in and added, I wrote the song with Daniel Ross and he's an amazing producer. So he added some more just guitar parts, um, some more background vocals. We just like added some sauce and then we're just like, you know what? Less is more. Let's just trust in 
the universe put it out this way and it's been going well. So how how did the song all come together and the story behind the song? For sure. Yeah. So that was actually Daniel and I, it was our first write ever together. First song we wrote. Um, it was like the day after the 4th of July. So not a lot of people in town were writing because everyone was partying. But for some reason, we were writing in his basement. And um, he had that title. And I was like, dude, like at the time, that was exactly my life. Like I had just gone through my first big breakup and had recently see- seen that person out with somebody new. And I was like, that makes me feel things. We have to write that song. And so we finished like a chorus that day and then came back to it a couple of months later to finish it and almost didn't finish it. But I was like, no, dude, we have to finish this song. Like if it makes me feel this emotional, I know it's like, I always try to write songs that make me feel things. And I know that if they make me feel something, it'll make other people feel something. And so I just felt like it was important and we finished it. And now it's a year and a half later. (laughs) Yeah. So are you someone who always writes from personal experience? I would say in the more recent years. Yes. I think like, when you start writing songs at such a young age, like I was 14 or 15, you don't really have a lot of drama, love drama to write about. So it kind of started from a place of fairy tales and fantasy. And then as I got older, I think my songs really started to get special when I was just completely transparent about what was going on in my life, because that's, that's the real stuff. So I think that's when my song started to get special was when I just unleashed, unleashed the truth, man. (laughs) So do you know if they've heard the song? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm assuming at this point, probably. Probably. It's kind of been a big moment. So I'm assuming they have seen it. Yeah. (laughs) But nobody said anything. No, no. (laughs) So you also, your song got to be played on Sirius XM Radio. And you yeah. posted a video of yourself in your car. How, what was going through your mind when, when that all happened? Oh, my gosh. It was 10 a.m. And I was like, there's no way it's actually going to come up. Like, this has to be a dream. Because Sirius had emailed me the day before. And they were like, you want to play your song? It's going to air at 10 a.m. tomorrow. And I was like, no, there's no way. This can't be real. And then it came on the dial. And you, like, saw my name and everything. And, I mean, it was just insane that, like, two weeks prior to that, I had put this TikTok out. It went crazy. I mean, I don't even know if I would have released music this year. So it was kind of just like a full circle moment where I was like, man, things can happen at real speed when you, when you start make putting stuff out there, I guess. So I'm um, posting on TikTok is kind of become the, the new big thing for artists when they can't perform live. Is that something you've had trouble embracing or you've jumped right into that? Yeah, I definitely did not jump right into it. Um, I've had TikTok downloaded since the start of COVID, so March. And I didn't start making TikToks until this summer um, and didn't put my original music, like any demos on there until three weeks ago, just because I I wanted to be cautious about how I did it. Um, I never want to be only tied to TikTok, which is why I'm excited for shows to come back, because I think there'll be this great way for me to build my fan base on TikTok and in real life, which is like my ultimate goal. So for now, I'm just like, man, TikTok has changed my life. I'm so grateful. So I'm just going to continue to try to build my platform on there until I can start playing shows again. But it's really crazy how 
TikTok can find you, your people, in like a matter of 24 hours. It's, I think it's one of the most powerful platforms out there right now. It almost seems random, like what shoots up and what, what doesn't. It's like, if it happened, it, it it yeah, it feels super arbitrary. I mean, even now I'm still learning, like you just have to throw stuff out there and you, you really never know what's going to take. So I think it's just about being brave and putting it out and just letting it fly and see what happens. <laughs> so where are you from originally? I'm from Boston, Massachusetts. Um, so I grew up in a little suburb outside of the city, about like 20 minutes. So kind of had the best of both worlds, city and suburb life, but same house, 18 years until I moved to Nashville. So that's where so, I'm from. So growing up, did you know music was what you wanted to do? Yes. I mean, I, I got there pretty quickly around like eight, but I, I'm a triplet. So my, my brothers were doing sports. So I tried that and realized I had no hand-eye coordination whatsoever. So my mom put me in theater and that's what I did for a long time. And I played Annie a bunch of times and I, I just loved it. I loved getting on a stage and telling a story while singing. I knew that that's what I loved about it. And so I wrote my first song at 15 and I was like, okay, this is why I liked theater, but something about telling my own story every night rather than telling somebody else's story feels like the cherry like the cherry on top like that's what sold it for me so the second i wrote my first song i just knew it's what i had to do so it was always music it was just kind of like finding my way into the lane that i needed to be in so when you tell people back home that you wanted to go into music was their reaction generally supportive or did they think you were you were crazy um i'm really lucky that i have two of the best parents in the world who i mean they were like do what you love love what you do and that's something I will never, ever take for granted. I think, I don't know. I mean, I was never too concerned what people thought about me in high school. I'm sure there were people that were like, she's crazy. Like she's moving to Nashville to try to do this full time. But I don't know. It never really concerned me what other people thought about what I was doing. Because for some reason, I always just had a really strong sense of what I knew I had to do. Um, but I'm sure, I mean, there's always haters along the way. <laughs> if you had the haters, it means you're doing something right. So Exactly. Exactly. So um, at one point, did you decide you wanted to move to Nashville? Yeah. So I was, I was 16 in high school, like a sophomore, junior thinking about college. Cause everyone, you know, it's the big thing. And I had heard about Berkeley because it's kind of in my backyard there in Boston. And, I did a bunch of summer programs there. I had the time of my life. It's a great school. But I knew in my bones that I'm such like a, I love traveling. I love seeing new places. So I knew I really wanted to get out of Boston and see something new. And so I found Belmont. And the second I stepped on campus, I was just like, whoa, I got to I got to move here. And so Belmont was that for me. And it was also this great excuse for me to move to Nashville at 18 and just start playing shows, start writing songs immediately. So when you first get to Belmont, is there like this bit of a shock that everyone there is doing the same thing as you and you kind of have to find a way to stand out? For sure. I mean, when you're, when you're in a tiny suburb of Massachusetts, you're like really one of the only ones writing songs. You're like, it's, it, that's it. And then you move here and it's like, everyone's doing the same thing. So I think, I think it's good though. I think if you use that as like a healthy pressure to realize that 
you need to find what it is that makes you unique, I think it's a good thing. But it, it was definitely almost in a cool way. It was like, I found my people. Like in high school, I was so weird for doing this and now everyone does it. Like it was almost a cool thing for me. So um, <clears throat> since you've been in Nashville, what would you say has been the biggest challenge you've had? Yeah, I mean, definitely being in college and balancing trying to like start my career at the same time was hard just because I like my my roommates in my dorm used to hate me because I would get home from a show at midnight and then like take a nap for like an hour and then set an alarm to do my homework and then go back to sleep. Like I was just crazy because I was I just like had this thing in my mind that I was like I want to sign a publishing deal before I graduate or before the film wants over. So, I think and even now, like I still struggle with balance. Like I think when you live in a city where music is happening 24-7, it's really easy to be like, I need to be doing music every hour of every second of every day. And I think unplugging and taking time to like live your life is really important because if you don't, you're not gonna have anything to write about. So I think balance has been a big word for me since I moved here for sure. So um, now that you have your your publishing deal you feel more secure in what you're doing like that you could pursue what you actually want to do instead of the pressure of wondering what's going to come the next day for sure yeah i mean i i signed my publishing deal with big machine and brandy clark who's amazing i signed that deal a year and a half ago um and that that was huge for me that was like okay i'm not crazy other people like what i'm doing and now i have the gift of doing it seven days a week and I, you know, like I'm getting supported to do it. So that was definitely a big moment for me. Like, okay, this could actually be real. This is a job. It's not like a crazy pipe dream anymore. So it was definitely a moment of like, okay, this could really happen for sure. So um, what's, what's the culture like working at Big Machine and with Brandy Clark? It's amazing. I remember the first day I met her. I mean, she's just such a generous and sweet and kind and hilarious human um but it's just been so nice to have her there almost as like I call her like my song mom and I'm like I'm she's always there for me to show her songs to get advice I mean she's really been through a lot as an artist and she's seen it all so I just feel so lucky to have her advice and perspective whenever I'm making decisions but it's been amazing I mean it's it's been one of the best almost two years of my life for sure. Just getting to write songs every day. So in the, in the wake of she's mind blowing up, are you planning to release more music or you're going to hold back and let it just explode? I know that's kind of where I'm at right now is trying to decide, you know, like how long I can milk one song and when to put out another one. But since then I've put up two more TikToks that have gone viral. So there's definitely songs to put out. Um, I'm just trying to think of the best strategy of how to do it. And you know, my my goal is to make a full record. So kind of working towards that and figuring out what's best. But yes, there's a lot more songs for sure. <laughs> yeah. So um <clears throat> so there's nothing new planned as of now. I mean, as of today, there might be some secrets that I'm not allowed to tell you, but yes, I mean, like there's, I have ideas and plans. I just need to execute them, but I would say there will be more music out this year for sure. <laughs> so um, releasing music in COVID times obviously is a little different. Have you found a way to sort of 
get around all the lack of shows. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, it almost feels surreal because, like, you put a song out and every, all the feedback you're getting is through your phone. So it almost feels like, did I just put a song out? Like, is this really real? Um, but, you know, I think, I think we're at the height of social media right now. And I think there's ways to connect with people without actually being with them. So I also think it, it makes me realize how much we took everything for granted when it came to shows and seeing people in person. So I think, you know, when I do get to play a show again, it's going to feel like, I don't even know what, it's going to feel like the best day of my life. <laughs> so you haven't gone into play it for people yet? So. No, I mean, no. Uh-uh. I haven't played a show in over a year. Yeah. And your your first love was performance over the songwriting aspect. So that must be super tough. Yeah, it is tough. And that's why I was saying, like, I was 24 hours before I posted that TikTok, I was just so down because it's my, it's like why I write songs is to perform them and to bring them to people's ears. So it's been a rough year, but I know we'll get back to it for sure. Let's hope so. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I just have a couple more questions for you. Um, Perfect. Yeah. Where was I going now? Sorry. Oh, you're so good. <laughs> it's a, it's early. It's not. It is early. Yeah, I know. My brain's like <laughs> going all over the place. Sorry, we had to do this so early. Also. Um, oh, it's great. So, are you writing today? By the way, I am writing today. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um. So. You call yourself Half Pint Dynamite, or people call you that. Where did that come from? That came from um, when I was like eight or nine years old. I was I was in a show. I was playing like the youngest orphan in Annie. And I had this like tap solo. And when they wrote me up as a review, they were like, somebody called me a Half Pint Dynamite. And it's literally stuck for the past 15 years, ever since they said that, but I mean, it's cause I'm five feet tall and I open my mouth and it's, I don't know. People think I have this like huge voice that's coming out of this tiny gal. So that's kind of where that comes from. I think it's hilarious. And I think it's funny that it has not gone away. Like it's just followed me ever since then. Oh yeah. This is what I wanted to ask you. Finally came back into Ooh. my brain. Um, so yeah. yesterday you were saying about that you scrubbed some music from your, your Spotify because you've grown since then. Could you um, describe the growth that you've had since that music? Yeah, for sure. I was saying on my Instagram how I did scrub it, but I think it's weird when people take their music off and then pretend like it wasn't there. Um, so I wanted to be super transparent about that. But all, all my old, old music was, it had a similar sound. Like it was still pop country music, but I feel like it's what I was saying earlier. Like now I'm writing my completely truthful unabridged story and I feel like those songs weren't 100% honest I think they were jams but they weren't who I am now and so now that they're all there's all these eyes on me I really wanted people to get the full picture of who I feel like I am today in 2021 like the real me so I did take it off but everyone misses it so I think I'm gonna upload it back to SoundCloud so people can just like listen to it when they want to because Yes, people were very upset about that. <laughs> I love that. I hate when people just they take their music away and then they pretend it like never 
ever existed. Yeah. No, I think that's weird. And like, if I'm going to be completely truthful in my songs, I'm always going to be completely truthful in my life. So I do, I think that's weird. So I just wanted, wanted to tell that story. (laughs) Well, um, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you. It's great to talk to you. So good to talk to you. Yeah, this has been awesome. Have a good day. Awesome. See ya. Bye. See ya. Hey, thank you so much for listening. If you liked what you heard from Lauren, go check out her debut single, She's Mine. Also, follow her on social media at Lauren Weintraub. And if you liked what you heard from the interview from my end, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Worlds of Country, also on Twitter, although we're not so active on Twitter. And be sure to subscribe to the podcast if you liked what you heard. Give us those five-star reviews if you feel it in your heart. And hope to talk to you guys next week. Thank you guys so much. <laughs>